Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on The beat goes on Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain la da 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 dee la da 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 Charleston was once the rage
does go on, and it especially goes on at a little place that we like to have a cup of joe, and that little place is right here, right here in my home, right there in your home, wherever you are, uh, sharing a cup of joe with me and the rest of the world. I'd like to welcome you all to the show today. It's 5 o'clock on Wednesday, the 8th of March. And, um, you know, we've got a great show scheduled for today, and it is, I don't know, it seems like every week lately, uh, the show has, has continued uh, to be better and better the last uh, few weeks. One of the things we've done is we've been streaming the show, and uh, it is being streamed where, my vice president? You are right now on uh, Periscope, and you're on Facebook Live. Beautiful. And where would they find this uh, show? What would they look up? They're going to look up uh, Kathy Zemeron Joni's Facebook page because that's where it's at for right now. There www.thehumansolutioninternational.org. Beautiful. All right. Well, so that's what's going on. If you want to see what this is all about as well as uh, hear what this is all about, this is how to reach us. Um, you can also um, actually I welcome you to call into the show. And if you want to be part of the show, if you want to listen to the show, um, if you're on the show listening and you have a question or a thought or a comment and you want to add to the show, all you got to do is hang your phone back up, pick it up, and dial 646-929-2495. And our amazing non-compliant Mary will pick up the phone and ask you what's going on, and you can tell her what you'd like to do. We got a huge show today. We're going to be talking about a lot of things. We're going to be talking about some cases um, that are in trial, going to trial. Uh, we have a new uh, inmate. We have um, a case that is so ridiculous. Um, we're going to have to talk about it. We've got the mother of a defendant um, going to be on the line. Uh, I believe uh, we're going to get an update from Kansas. Um, an update on Shauna Banda's case, um, a lot of things going on. Jason Endicott is going to be calling in about another personal nightmare slash tragedy going on. All, all of these things are the effect of prohibition. All of these things are the core of why the human solution exists. Um, before we get going, I always have a, a thought or two that I'd like to share, and I have two thoughts I'd like to share. The first one is there's a lot of hubbub. Last week we had a, uh, a an amazing, wonderful guest who had a really big issue with Donald Trump and his policies and the policies about um, recreational cannabis. And there's a lot of scuttlebutt out there about what's going to happen. Um, and it's good that we're talking about it. But I think to myself, uh, there's a lot of outrage going on right now about Donald Trump's policies with, regarding immigration. And, you know, we have a lot of immigrants in this country, both legal and not so legal. And we have a lot of immigrants who have been ordered to leave this country years ago under um, Obama's administration. Um, and there's this giant outrage. There's these people marching around the ICE buildings and and really upset about this, feeling that their rights have been violated. These are, and I'm not entering my personal opinion about immigrants into this. I'm just looking at the facts of what I've seen and what I've heard. And these are people who feel that anybody 
has a right to be in this nation regardless of whether you have gone through it, the legal channels or not. They believe that anybody has constitutional rights um, that are the same as an American citizen, um, and they're willing to protest about it and, and yell and scream about it. And I can't help but think, I wonder what would happen if Americans, legal American citizens, card-carrying or non, born here, however you got your citizenship, were to have that much outrage about our war on drugs. Why aren't we marching around the DEA buildings? Why aren't we marching around the halls of Congress saying, why don't you pass one of those fucking bills that are sitting in committee right now? Why don't we do that? I just got to wonder. You know, you listen to the radio, and I can't even stand listening to the radio. Right wing, left wing, and it's all crap. Everybody, the other one's the, the devil, and, and everything's wrong. And, you know, why don't we talk about solutions? I just got to wonder about that. Why don't we talk about solutions? Um, last week, last week we had a conversation about this, and I said a very similar um, a very similar point. Why don't we talk about solutions? And I have a solution. We came up with a solution last week, and it's a pretty good one. It was a simple solution. Um, actually, somebody called in uh, that wasn't even a cannabis user and said, why don't we? And we talked about uh, writing letters, and we talked about a an online petition. And um, Becca, I know that you're just listening, but um, as you are one of my right-hand folk, I'm going to bring you live. And uh, Becca Nichols is, of course, uh, executive director, board member, treasurer, and so many other things to the Human Solution. Uh, she found a um, an online petition. And Becca, why don't you tell us a little bit about this petition, and uh, let's let's issue the challenge during this show. While we're live, let's see what we can do to get this particular petition um, to get some legs. Uh, Becca, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm pulling up the petition right now. Um, it's, a, okay. it's, an, it's a petition asking that Obama's request that the federal government not crack down on marijuana be respected, essentially, is what it comes down to. Um, and that's, that's at least a place to start. Um, you know, and, and I say, let's Let's get this petition um, and let's get it posted in a place that we can um, post it in a place that we can uh, see it and watch its progress. And so, Becca, I'm going to go ahead. Are you at a computer? You can bring yourself live or not? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put it up right now on all of our pages. All right, so all you need to do is take a look at the Human Solution pages. I'll put it on – oh, you can't put it on my page, but I'll look on the Human Solution page, and I'll post it when <laughs> when I see it come up. Um, and there's this simple online petition, one of these things that I've never been super excited about, but today, um, today I am because um, this is one of the things that it, – it's a way that we can have our voice be heard. And if you were to take and write a letter that mirrored your thoughts of the petition um, and mailed it in and had somebody else do that and somebody else do that, we talked about it last week, 
It is exponential. Every letter that these people get, every single letter that these people get represents at least a thousand people who think that way. And if you don't think they know that, um, think again. The power of the written word is one of the most important things we can do. Maybe as much or more important than getting out there and holding a sign up um, that may or may not have a clear message. This is a way to get your clear message out, uh, and I'm just encouraging everybody to do it. I, I was going to do this and videotape it last week. It's been a busy week, um, but we're here now, and now is the time to do it. Now is the time to act. So that's the first thing I want to say. Let's Take some action. You know, what's the point of doing this show? What's the point of being part of a group? What's the point of calling yourself a, an activist citizen if you're not going to act, if you're not going to do something? What's the point of any of this? You know, we say when we're yelling and we're screaming at a protest, what do we want? And we come back and say justice. And we say, when do we want it? And we say now, well, how the fuck are we going to get it? That's my question. I'm giving you a simple way. Let's get some justice. If we direct our thoughts and our energies and we put together a simple plan that lets it be known what we're thinking and it makes sense and we give them a path to follow that will get them to a place that makes sense and brings justice, who doesn't want this? Who doesn't want this? That's my question. That's my pledge. That's my uh, challenge to you all today. All right. So we're going to talk briefly about, again, the human solution. Um, it, it, is, um, it is who we are. It is what's, uh, what's happening. I don't know. I, I'm hearing that we're having some phone problems, and somebody's trying to call in. It's actually Bobby's mom trying to call in, and it's, uh, she says the phone's ringing and ringing and they're going to busy. I don't know what to tell her. Um, but anyways, that's the problem of me trying to field messages while I'm trying to do a radio show. Anyways, um, my friend Bobby Jared got picked up on a traffic violation on Friday, and it turned out he had a warrant from Illinois. And this warrant came from a pot case that was a ridiculous, terrible case, um, and hopefully um, Bobby's mom will be able to get through and tell the story of this case. Um, but bottom line is, is it was a, a, a case that ultimately was going to be dropped to a misdemeanor. Uh, Bobby didn't want to take any kind of a deal. He demanded a jury trial. He had a, a doctor willing to testify to a medical necessity defense. The doctor actually testified in pretrial hearings, and then Bobby was at the hospital at the time of uh, one of his hearings, told his attorney that, uh, he was in the hospital, couldn't be at court, and somehow, I don't know what happened from there. Hopefully we'll get the details, um, but he had a warrant issued. He was living in California at the time, had to go back to Illinois. Every time there was a hearing for this misdemeanor BS case, he made the choice to blow town and just stay in California. Um, he had been pulled over more than once between then and now and ran his license and nothing came up or you know, they weren't interested. This time, of course, um, <coughs> they ran his license, and Illinois said they wanted him back. So they took him into custody. Um, we had a hearing on Monday um, to see what was going on, and um, basically they, Bobby waived his 
right to refuse extradition, which I'll explain later on as was the most prudent thing to do, and that gives Illinois 30 days to respond. Um, there's a next hearing on the 22nd. Until that time, Bobby sits in jail. Bobby has an advanced uh, form of Crohn's disease, but he's been treating with cannabis oil um, for the past several years, and he has gone from um, having an ileostomy bag, meaning his stomach was disconnected, um, all the way to being fully reattached, plumbing intact, and functioning at a pretty high level um, because he's able to use this oil. Well, guess what they don't have in jail? They don't have cannabis oil. And so, of course, his condition has worsened quickly. Um, he had some uh, uh, weeping sores that developed quickly, and um, you know they took him to the hospital, gave him some antibiotics. Uh, none of these are going to be the answer. And um, this is one of these things that he's now sitting in custody. Um, you know, we were able to get some money on his books. And, um, you know, the best thing we could do is be there and um, make sure he's got some money for some tuna fish from the commissary. Uh, there's really not much else we can do for him right now. Um, hopefully we'll be able to visit him on the weekend, but that's, you know, he's in a pretty crappy place. I've been in the crappy place he's at. Good news is, is it's not as crappy as some of the other crappy places I've been. It's not the Twin Towers, and at least, you know, it's a better, newer, uh, less violent place, hopefully. Um, so after we got done with court on Monday, uh, we went to this little restaurant, a little breakfast restaurant right around the corner from the courthouse. And we walked into the place, and I looked around, and I said, oh, I remember this place. And what it was was uh, when my first case happened back in 2008, um, in the springtime of 2009, so right now I guess that would be about eight years ago, uh, we had our preliminary hearing. And this was before there was a human solution. Um, but at the time, my attorney had told me, you know, get some support, get supporters to come in, get your witnesses, do, be, do your due diligence, be an active defendant, and you'll have more of a chance. Um, oh, good, Trisha made it on. Good work. Um, anyways, <clears throat> um, we had a bunch of people that came in court support. It was actually the very first time our ribbons were worn in court. It was the first version of our ribbons. And the very first time, it's not the first time anybody ever did court support. I realize people have been hopefully supporting each other since there's been trials. But this is the first time um, that people came together and put a little green ribbon with a little red cross on it and um, came into court with an intent and purpose of supporting each other. And I can remember that date like it was yesterday. Um, and I was going through... Uh, an unknown place. I'd never been in court before. I'd never been arrested before. I didn't even have a traffic ticket in more than 10 years. Um, certainly I had no criminal experience whatsoever, and I'm going through felony criminal court, and there was no roadmap. I went to every single organization out there, all the ones you all know and love to give money to. I went to them, and guess what they said? don't know. We can't help you. We can't do anything for you. We don't know what to do. I thought you were legal. That's what they said to me. Um, these are some of the big, you know, all of the big organizations. So I said, well, I guess I'm going to figure it out. 
and that is uh, the, the pre-genesis of the human solution. We came out of that day going to court and being there for each other, and that's where I realized, I felt uh, the value of that support, and I said, damn, we need to do this. So when I came back and I, I was sitting there having breakfast and I looked at the table that we sat at, and I thought to myself, you know, boy, we've come a long way. You know, here we are. We now have an international uh, civil rights organization, uh, 501c3 accreditation. Uh, we've sat in courtrooms all over the country. We've had victories. Um, we've had jury nullification education. And we have done so much. And um, Colleen, who's uh, Bobby's girlfriend and, and going through some real uh, personal trying times herself, Said, looked at me and she said, you know, how do you guys do it? And um, I said, you know, I, I don't know. It's just what we do. You know, it's been. I went through it for six years on my on my own, and I just know how important it is for there to be people there for you. And then I started thinking, um, you know, uh, lately, in the last several years of the Human Solution, there's always an ebb and flow. We're an all volunteer organization. Nobody makes any money, so. You're only here if you really got a heart. You're only here if you really care. It's got to be a selfless thing or you won't last. And, you know, those people that didn't get it or didn't have it or weren't willing to do it um, have come and gone. There's been this, you know, huge tide of, of people coming and going. But for the last couple of years, uh, since our last big turnover, there's we've, we've been steadily growing. Um, but I've watched, you know, as, as certain key people had left, uh, they took, you know, a group of people with them and, and tried to put a stink on us or whatever. And I've noticed in the past uh, couple of years there's been a lot of people that get the idea of court support and they are out there on Facebook or their own little whatever and they're trying to organize court support. And then I look and I see the pictures and I hear the stories about what happened in court and there's a handful of people and there's a number of cases that I think to myself, people that have gone to prison, one that just got out of prison, you know, and I thought to myself, wow, why wouldn't they just use this tool that we created? Why wouldn't they have gone out of their way to say, hey, you guys, I know you know what you do, and I know you know how to do this. Can you help? Can, you, can we be a part of this? But for whatever reason, so many people um, have chosen not to do it. Then I watch one by one uh, a, a Unfortunately, I'm just going to be painfully honest, a pathetic showing. I've seen some just really piss-poor showings, and it's only because they didn't go through the trouble of organizing it. They went on Facebook and said, i got a group, everybody come, whatever. And, and, I, and I don't want to be a, you know, a downer here, but it, it troubles me because I know the difference. I know what happens when you follow a plan, and I watch the a contrast. Those cases where the people came in, engaged, they followed the plan, and I remember the victory after victory after victory, full courtrooms, full, you know, media support, the coverage, the, uh, you know, the ribbons, the, the, the exposure, and virtually 100% of the time we had a positive impact. And many, many times we had not guilty verdicts, we've had dismissals we've had um even even you know infractions instead of a felony i mean just huge huge victories and, and it just troubles me so much that somebody would think that 
a group of friends and family, I put quotes on it, um, that shows up at court with no identifying features, nothing that says, you know, nothing like this. You know, this is our ribbon. This is a thing that I wear proudly more days than not. And it's a thing that just says, I'm with them. We care about this. This is solidarity. This is a thing that has a clear message. And, and so much so that some courts have been afraid of it. And prosecutors everywhere try to get us removed. Don't bring that ribbon in here. Why? Why wouldn't you want that ribbon in here? It doesn't say anything. It doesn't say I like pot. It doesn't say I believe in medical cannabis. It doesn't say anything. It's a green ribbon with the red cross. The green represents us, our wholesome uh, nature, the green, the nature, uh, the force of nature, the green cannabis plant. The red cross, it's the first responders. It's who we are. We come for you. We come as uh, we run into the fire, we don't run away from the fire. But then I look and I see so many of these, unfortunately, I call them pathetic cases because, you know, the handful of people shows up, some wonky, you know, whatever they do, and, I, and it's not to put down anybody's effort. It's just that I know what could be done if you do it right. And, and it kind of breaks my heart a little bit every time I see a case where they, you know, the four or five people showed up and it could have been, 40 or 50, it could have been so much more. So um, I think to myself this. I say when, when I show up at court and I've got my green ribbon on and I've got my brochures and every single time somebody, a lawyer, a bailiff, um, an, uh, somebody involved around says, who are you people? And I tell them, we're a 501c3 civil rights organization. We are here to stand with this injustice, these people that are being uh, unjustly tried, their rights have been violated, so we're here, an international organization. What do you other people say when they say, who are you? Well, we're a bunch of pot people. Good job. Good job. It's just the way it is, folks. This show is about that, just the way it is. If you have anything you'd like to add to that, I welcome, encourage, challenge you to give a call, 646 922 Nine two four nine five. You think I'd know that by heart for now. Um, so, anyways, um, on with the show. We have about uh, a few minutes before Craig Cecil's going to call from Terre Haute, Indiana, from federal prison where he's serving a life's term. But let's begin. Um, I've got Stacy Swanson Crass on the line, and I know she has a limited amount of time, and of course she's nervous, so let's have a drum roll, and everybody watch their phone right now, because Stacy's about to come on and give us an update about what's going on in Kansas and on Shauna's case, and here we go, live from California in Kansas, it's Stacy swanson Crass. Welcome to the show, Stacy. Hello. <laughs> Tell me you're not there. I'm here. Oh, hold on. Craig just called. It is Craig. Yep. All right, Stacy, you got off uh, on a technicality, but 15 minutes from now you're going to be back on it. Yeah. Craig Cecil, my friend, how are you doing today? Hello, Joe. Well, it's dark and uh, a little chilly here in uh, Terre Haute, Indiana. Well, we're here. I will not tell you how it is in California right now. 
because I'm wearing short pants and a T-shirt, and uh, it's just been the most beautiful spring day out here. <laughs> I think Friday and Saturday were forecast for some snow. <laughs> <laughs> so what is going on over at Terre Haute? Well, I got a little giggle today. Is uh, They made a big announcement at the prison that they finally got together a program to teach inmates how to be compliant with the Affordable Care Act when they leave prison. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the funny part is, as we say in the news this morning, the Affordable Care Act will probably be going away in the next two weeks. <laughs> yeah, they're talking about repealing it and, uh, you know, doing something else. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know how to break it to you, but for most of us, the Affordable Care Act didn't do much for us. It, it, it forced us to do something that we may or may not have wanted to. And I know it did help some folks. And so for those folks, um, I, I, you know, um, good for you. But for many of us, it, it put a burden on us that we didn't ask for. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. I won't be sorry to see it go personally, but I certainly don't want to, you know, uh, speak for anybody else. Right, but uh, I sure had a lot of fun as it took him, what, seven years to put together this program just in time for it to be useless. <laughs> well, you know, that, that's government as usual. We were just talking earlier about, you know, uh, the actions that people are taking about immigration. And I says, what if we were to focus that same energy on anything? You know, the Affordable Care Act was like 800 pages long, and there wasn't a single congressman that had read it from front to back. They couldn't have. They, none of them understood it. They were voting for something that they didn't even know. And, you know, that's our government. That's our bureaucracy. We've created this just, you know, gargantuan nightmare, tangled up, you know, this and that. And, and you know, there's some simple bills in Congress right now sitting in committee that are, are one page or less long that would give us states' rights uh, to govern ourselves as the Constitution has already given us, um, as it would apply to cannabis. And um, yet these things have stalled out, and um, not one of us has made it even to a vote yet. And how long could that bill be to remove marijuana from the list of schedules? Let's call it from a federal prison. Well, you know, um, one of the bills that I know of was written by um, – a Republican congressman from Orange County by the name of Dana Rohrbacher. And that bill, the whole bill, is five lines. Five lines. Can you imagine um, the simplicity of that? There's not anything to understand. There's not it, – it, it simply says it modifies the Controlled Substances Act to add this simple five lines, except – in states where they have passed laws that allow for the medical or recreational use. It's, it's just really that simple. And it, it, it puts basically a, a, an escape clause on the Controlled Substances Act that gives the power directly to the states. And, I mean, how much more appropriate is that? <laughs> well, you know, I would think that, you know, now that we've got a, a Republican president and both sides of Congress, Republican, the, uh, the notion of states' rights would be more important than it might have been in, in previous administrations. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, I don't necessarily feel like it's going to happen. 
I don't necessarily think that, you know, any of these old-time principles are really pushing forward as anybody's agenda anymore. Well, but we don't know. Like I say, is I'm almost uh, not so much afraid of the prospect of the Justice Department now really going whole hog against uh, the states that have decriminalized marijuana. Because I think that would push marijuana to the floor. It would push it onto the floor, onto the DS, the uh, Capitol building, where the congressmen would actually be called on by their constituents to say, you know, you need a vote on this. We need to decide, should this be decriminalized? No, I, I think if we could actually put it on the floor and get a vote, I, I think it would go the right way. I, I couldn't agree more. We talked about that last week, and that's what we have a um, – an online petition that we're circulating right now, and it basically lays that out. And, you know, what we were saying was, regardless of what the uh, attorney general says, regardless of what any little group of DEA agents do, regardless of even what the president says, if enough of us clamor with a unified message, something's going to happen, and it's going to happen um, – in a way that's going to bring what we say, if we lay it out clearly and if we lay it out in a make-sense way, uh, there's no way they're going to turn us down. With with the volatility of Americans right now, the discontent that's out there on both sides, uh, like you said, words are words. Let's see what happens. And I, I, now is the time for us to push. And, and you know, I just believe that the, the balance of power has shifted, but there's a there's a word balance right there, and these guys are standing up on top on one leg, and we can push our will on them right now. It's a, the time is ripe, and, and I just believe that, uh, you know, if we could just bring this to the forefront, the immigration thing and all the other travel bans and all of this stuff, uh, frankly, it doesn't affect Americans directly in the same way that our war on drugs does, and I'm not – having a conversation about immigration. I'm having a conversation about our war on drugs. And I just, again, have to think that if we would worry about internal problems right now, not saying don't worry about other problems, I'm saying if we were to worry about internal problems like the war on drugs, we could end it. We could and we would. I agree, but then again, you know, the press seems to control the narrative. And they want to talk about immigration. They're, they're, but there's shows constantly showing marijuana operations throughout Washington and Colorado <laughs> and the burgeoning, you know, industries in California and elsewhere with the medical marijuana. So, I mean, the, the media is hearing from the people that people want to see these shows and they're putting up these shows. Now we just have to get them to <laughs> put up an effort to say, you know, why are people still going to prison for what so many other people are doing, you know, without any, without any real limitations on them? Well, you know what? A buddy of mine, um, a buddy of mine got arrested on Friday on a, on a warrant from Indiana. I don't know, Illinois. I'm sorry. He's right next door to you. Um, he had a, a, a BS pot case and, um, now he's sitting in jail waiting to find out if, if Illinois is going to extradite him. And I've got his mom sitting on the line right now, and she's going to uh, explain the whole story to us very soon. Uh, but the bottom line is, is we're still spending tax dollars on this. 
And this is a guy who's a severe Crohn's patient. Um, the cops came in on him right after he had an operation. And, you know, it's, it's the most bogus case there is. And it happened over four years ago. And here we are today. Um, and this guy is sitting in jail on our dime and, and you know, with his rights completely stripped. Um, no medicine. He was treating his Crohn's with cannabis oil and doing great. And now he's, you know, a week almost without it. And, um, you know, all we can do is uh, offer the support, same support we can for any of our POWs. It's just really a tragedy. And again, you know, now Illinois is even allowing medical marijuana. I mean, it's it's still, you know, really screwed up, but it, it is legal there. They are starting the program, and they're, they're considering thousands of dollars to this guy's action. I mean, that's a trip. <laughs> well, you know, the last I heard, Chicago still has a soaring murder rate. They're still known as, you know, one of the gangster capitals of the world. Um, they've got crime like nobody's business, and yet they've got time to spend on this. And I just got to wonder, what the hell is anybody not in an uproar? How dare you spend $1 of our tax dollars on a pot case when there's a murderer, a rapist, a burglar, an extortionist, some violent criminal that doesn't the court doesn't have time for right now? How do we do this? Right, like, like you brought up, last year there was 4,400 shootings in Chicago, 762 murders. But how many victims of marijuana was there? Well, my, I haven't heard of any. <laughs> my guess is, knowing knowing this for sure, nobody's ever died from it. Um, I'm not saying there hasn't been a crime committed where somebody stole somebody's pot, um, but, you know, that's its own thing. That's a crime of theft, not a crime of pot. And, you know, that's the whole point is, you know, why don't we focus on actual crimes that have actual victims? And that's what our law enforcement is supposed to be uh, focusing their attention on. They're, the law enforcement is supposed to serve and protect us. Well, who the hell is going to protect us from them when they're coming after us for these sorts of things? Uh, it, it doesn't make any sense, especially when it doesn't reflect the will of the people. Well, and that's why, you know, we've got this online petition circulating right now through the show, and I'm just encouraging everybody uh, to find it, to, to sign it, to share it, and, you know, to write a letter. Uh, get your pen and paper out and write a physical letter and send it off to the White House. Send it to your congressman. Make multiple copies of it. Send it to everybody that that might represent you on any level and get your will to be heard. And, and you know, that's really our, our, our message right now is to try to get a lot of this um, angst, a lot of this fear, a lot of this, um, you know, call for revolution and let's revolt, let's act, let's do it. Don't just sit around talking about it and whining about it. That's my thoughts. And there was millions of women today that took the day off of teaching in schools and resulted in the closing of a bunch of schools that, you know, did so many different things that, you know, affected the country. And what are they really, you know, what victim are they seeing to, to save? You know, what are they trying to really accomplish moving forward? Yeah, Maybe I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I, it, it's funny because 
the human solution has been very heavily um, powered by women. I mean, we've had more uh, strong women in our organization through the years that have really done everything. But guess what? Guess how many of them took a day off today? Zero. They're all at it because these are real women that really believe in doing the right thing all the time. We don't. How do you take a day off of this? You know, what day do you take off? I'd say, oh, we don't need our rights today. We'll just go ahead and, uh, you know, we'll take five. No, this is this is reality. This isn't a reality show. Um, you know, we just have too much to do. Um, you know, look, Craig, the, the, the California got rain. We've got water. Our streams are flowing. I need to get your ass out of here so you and I can go fishing. Uh, damn oh, there's fish everywhere. <laughs> Shit, there's probably fish swimming through my backyard right now. <laughs> well, you finally got some water for our fishing. Now we just have to get both our lawmakers and, you know, even our court system because they're still handing out life sentences for marijuana. This isn't something they quit doing. This call is from a federal prison. This isn't something they quit doing, you know. 15 years ago when I was sentenced. This well, is something they're still doing. You know what? What people don't realize, too, is it's not just the federal government that's doing this. People are so misinformed, and they believe that a law gets passed, and therefore everybody's good. And they don't realize that right now, currently in California, I know of three pot trials that are either going on or about to start. Um, we had a really good good outcome um Yesterday, one of our uh, defendants um, got let off on an infraction on a five-year-long felony case. Hey, Craig, that was your first beep. Um, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you to finish it out. Okay, well, I just want to give a quick message real fast. Is, uh, your friend of mine, Mindy, from up north is a listener today, so we want to give her a shout-out and, and happy that she's still involved in, you know, the movement that you know, some people problem. And secondly, I just want to thank everybody for remembering those of us that are, are serving those life sentences and that they're still meeting out life sentences to people and uh, that you people standing up and screaming are going to make all the difference. Well, we're going to keep on standing and keep on screaming, and uh, we're glad Mindy's here and everybody else with her. So, um, you know, Craig, I, I just uh, – I, I may be coming to see you um, – Shit. Sooner than later. Oh, well. Craig Cecil calling from Terre Haute, Indiana, where he is serving a life sentence for pot. And um, just remember, all of the people that think that we pass legislation, we have a legalization method measure, we have a, a, a medical measure, a recreational measure, both that it's okay. There are still trials going on. There are still arrests being made in every single state where legislation has passed. I say it every week. I'm going to continue saying it. It's not going to be over until we make it to be over. And it's not going to be over until we live in a world where no one goes to jail for a plant ever. I don't know a simpler way to put it. All right. So let us go forward. Let's... Um, we're going to bring, um, where's Stacy? I'm going to bring her back up. Oh, there's Stacy. All right, Stacy, I'm giving you a heads up. I'm about to bring you live on the air, 
and then we're going to go to Tricia, um, and we're going to hear about Bobby's case. This is riveting stuff, folks, um, and this is the real deal. This is the front lines. This is the place where people come together that care about ending prohibition and are actually doing something about it. Um, before we go to Stacy, I do want to thank the Coffee Party and the Coffee Party Radio Network for giving this show a place to be. And remember, on this Blog Talks show or station, uh, there's programming virtually every single day of the week. And uh, check it out and listen to some of the uh, Coffee Party shows. They're amazing. If you want to call in or if you want or if you're listening on the line and your screener, uh, you told the screener you just wanted to listen and anything that we say here inspires you to have a comment, a question, um, you want to yell at me, you want to sing praises, uh, whatever it is, all you got to do is hang up and call back, 646-929-2495. Okay, here we go, Stacy Swanson Craft, take two, you are live on the air, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe, how are you? Uh, you nailed it. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, um, we have court dates coming up. Right now, we're waiting for expert testimonies to get back to come in from um, Dr. Bob Melanie, Dr. Allen, and Dr. Petro. And then on April 7th of 2017, this year at 9 a.m. at the Finney County Courthouse in my favorite city, Garden City, Kansas. And we have a pretrial motions hearing. We'll have um, video conferencing. It will be um, allowed with the expert testimony. And then Shauna will finally have her first arraignment. So we'll be past it to your mark. Yeah, unfortunately, that is more common <laughs> than it not. Um, Shelby Lucero just um, finally had her case wrapped up. Hopefully, um, She'll be calling in to talk about it, but uh, five years, five years of going through pretrial uh, hearings, and uh, my I case was six years from start to finish. So, um, you know, speedy trial, um, <laughs> due process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get that. Um, but anyways, it's, that it's day will be interesting. That's going to be an interesting day to see what happens, you know, what they let in and what they don't. And because uh, we're in Kansas, I mean, we are in the bi- most Bible belted state. You've been here, so I you have know. Been there. I, I mean, seen it in action. Scary as hell. Yes, yeah. So, um, and then um, that one, if anyone can afford, we got it, on their way like, and nobody's got rights. How does that work out? I. <laughs> Hey, you're the weirdo that got off the phone and, or you're the weirdo that got off the plane and said, "Hey, let's go take out the courthouse." <laughs> I am that weirdo. Guilty <laughs> <Nobody> is charged, <laughs> uh, and I stand by it, story, and I'm sticking to it. So then, her trial is going to be June 26th, 27th, and 28th. So okay. we definitely want as many people there as we can get, and we will get that posted. And I'm sorry that we haven't, but um. Between, uh, it's, you know, it's it's like being in a whirlwind. And then we've had like 50 and 70 mile per hour fires throughout Kansas. So I don't have much of a voice. So right now we're well, working I on fundraising. I with the update. 
And I know Shauna's uh, with her child today, or, or um, and and at least uh, you know she's got that going on. Um, but you know, let's let's just make these updates regular, and let's uh, let's you know part of like I was talking about in the beginning, uh, the people that don't beat that drum, the people that don't engage the tools we have, the people that don't do it. I watch the results, and they're less than. If you do these things, it's more than. It's simple mathematics here, folks. That little arrow that points to the greater than, that's the one we want. We want more than, not less than. So listen to the show. Hear about what's going on. Get the details of where to be, when to be there, how to be there, what's going on, when's the important day to come out there. It's a lot of work to go to court for other people. There are certain days that matter more than others. That's what this show is about, and that's what the Human Solution is about. So we're going to... We're going to light this thing up like we've started to, and we're going to continue forth. And we're, if, it, if it goes to trial and that jury gets picked, let us hope that we bring forth as many people as we possibly can to be there to bear witness and to make sure that justice gets served. And we've already done this once in Kansas, so this won't be our first time. Uh, and we will do it again as needed. All right, Stacy. Well, thank you so much. You're a rock star, and thank we will you. talk to you soon. You win with flying colors today. Thank you. All right. Again, Stacy Swanson Krauss from the Midwest chapter, and uh, she is uh, doing a great job. Um, okay, let's see. We have Trisha. Where is Trisha? And I just heard that if you press one on your phone. Um, it'll bring you to the top of, of my call list. So if you are anywhere but in the top position, which our lovely screener non-compliant Mary is, if you were to, oh, look at you, Tricia. <laughs> it works. Good job. All right. Without further ado, we have Tricia, Bobby's mom, and she's going to tell us what the hell is going on. Um, and she was there uh, during the pretrial hearings. She knows this case better than all of us, except for Bobby, who is currently in custody and can't tell us what's going on. All right, Tricia, um, welcome to the show. I wish uh, it was under better circumstances, but you know we're here for you, and uh, let's tell us what's going on. Tell us about the case, actually. A lot of people, including myself, don't really know the details of the case. Okay, and thanks for having me on. Um, Bobby has severe Crohn's disease. In fact, the doctors at the university hospitals told him it's the worst case they have ever seen. No doctor in our area will treat him. He has to go to Chicago, a university hospital. Um, they were giving him opiates, five opiates, and this was the gastroenterologist, and the pain got worse and worse and worse, no matter how many opiates he took. And the surgeon finally said, you know what, Robert, you have opiate gut. You need to get off these opiates. Somehow, some way, Human Solutions got a hold of him. He went out to California. You guys took care of him. You gave him oil. He got off of all of the opiates. He came back home, and he had the ileostomy bag removed from his stomach successfully. He told the surgeon at the university hospital, I do not want a morphine pump on me. When I wake up, the surgeon said, I have to. We have to put a morphine pump. I'm cutting you from below your rib cage to your pelvis. You'll wake up in severe pain, and I cannot legally administer the oil that you want, the cannabis oil. 
So Bobby said, okay, how about put the morphine pump on me, and then when, I'm, when I give you the signal, you'll take it off of me, and my friend will administer the oil to me. <laughs> Surgeon said, you got a deal. Sounds like You funny. got a deal. <laughs> yeah. So this is a Russian surgeon, has an accent, but he, he went along with the, with the plan. After the surgery, he came and met me and the friend in the room, told us it was successful, told us he was on the morphine pump, and told us when he gave the signal, yeah, you can go and administer the oil. Bobby gave the signal. Doctor was called. The surgeon was called up. He looked in the bottle to see what it was. He had put a little, put a little bit on a you know, toothpick, and he felt it. He said, okay, go ahead and give it to him. Put it under his tongue. Two hours later, the surgeon came back up and said, what's your pain level, Robert? Bobby couldn't talk, but he held up his, his index finger and his thumb and made a, a zero. And the surgeon said, unbelievable, unbelievable. <laughs> so he goes back to his gastro, and his gastro starts writing out scripts for the opiates. And Bobby says, no, 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 I don't do that anymore, just the cannabis oil. Doctor said, you mean you went off of all your opiates cold turkey? He said, yeah, the cannabis oil, I had no withdrawals at all. He said, I'll be damned. I was sitting there. I'll be damned. So... He goes about his business. He's in Chicago. He has pot on him. Cop comes up to him and Colleen because they were wiping Colleen's windows off and says, what are you doing? Well, they mark your cars in Chicago if you're parked too long. So she was moving it. She was removing removing the markings on the car. They asked Bobby where his car was at, which was like three or four cars down. They went and searched it without permission, found pot, slammed him, handcuffed him, took him to jail. He had never had any other offenses in Illinois, so they let him out on his own recognizance. He showed up at every pretrial hearing, had a public defender because he could not afford to hire an attorney. He talked to the public defender. He says, I have a letter from my doctor. And, and Dr. Sparberg wrote this letter saying I, this, he was able to get He had severe Crohn's disease. He was able to get off of five opiates using uh, medical marijuana and cannabis oil. If he has any altercations with the authorities, please contact me immediately. Bobby showed the police that, tore it up, threw it on the ground, and took him to jail. When he went to the, talk to the public defender about this and showed him the letter, he said, I'm not showing that to the judge. And I said, why wouldn't you show that to the judge? He says, because it's illegal in Illinois. A doctor can't legally prescribe this. I'm not showing it to the judge. Bobby says, what about uh, medical necessity defense? Oh, those don't work. We we don't have medical necessity defense in Illinois. So I came home and I did some research, and I found a case right on point, and it's still good law. A woman had used pot for her glaucoma, which is well known that, that it does help people with glaucoma. Her case did not survive, however, because her doctor testified that she could have had laser surgery or used eye drops um, instead of the the marijuana. So she was found guilty. But she was given probation. No big deal. Bobby, his doctor, it took a year and a half to convince his attorney to get Sparberg in there to testify. First, he says, I can't find him. He's no longer in practice. I got on Facebook. I found him right away. Sent him a private message. He said, sure, I'll cooperate. Gave me his number. 
public defender calls him, lines him up to testify. He comes in. Now, Dr. Sparberg's probably about 80 years old now, but the man was eloquent in everything he said. He was very professional. The judge was very impressed with his testimony. Prosecutor tried to shake him up a little bit by saying, oh, there's Humera and there's Remicade. You ever try that? And he looked through his nose. He says, "Uh, yeah, I believe we've tried everything on him. Nothing worked except the medical marijuana. He was vomiting feces. He was that. He was that sick. So after he's done testifying, you know, um, Bobby came and met us at at my house um, through somebody that we mutually knew, and he was camping in my backyard. And I, I was there during those really, really bad times. I, I personally witnessed uh-huh. how bad he was. and it was, How sick he uh, was. It was really, really bad, <laughs> I can tell you. Right. So the prosecutor, you know, uh, after Sparberg is done testifying, the his attorney stood up and said, you know, Your Honor, I'm asking for permission to use the medical necessity defense. And the prose- prosecutor stood up and said, no, 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 I disagree. I object to that because uh, the doctor did say that there might have been another medication he could have used. And the judge looked her straight in the eye and said, no, he didn't. I heard what he said. I'm going to allow the medical necessity defense. Bingo. Okay, we're in. Now we're talking about a jury trial. The public defender says, you don't want a jury trial. You want a bench trial. And Bobby said, jury nullification. I just have to convince one juror, just one juror. He he goes, you're not a realist. Jury nullification. Never heard of it. I don't know where. This guy went to John Marshall Law School. So it's like, really? Did you, like, fake it? Did you have somebody take your test? You know nothing. Wow. So he, he told Bobby, he says, it'll never work. And then he made every hearing. Judge knew he lived in California, that he had moved to California because it was not legal in Illinois at the time. And she allowed him to do that. He missed the flight on the day of his trial, the night before his trial. He missed the flight. And after that, his his public defender said, she put out a warrant for your arrest. We actually had to tell this guy when to object and when not to object. I mean, he, he didn't do anything. He wouldn't object where the judge could even hear him object. He would go, I object. Well, she didn't hear him. And so we reamed his ass out about that. We're like, well, you know, whose side are you on here? Because he just kept touting about how great the prosecutor was. Isn't she nice? Isn't she wonderful? And, you know, she's really giving you a, a break here. She did nothing for him. Bottom line, I think Bobby would have won it if he'd have come back. But he didn't because he was too afraid that missing the court date and with the warrant and you put him in Cook County Jail and he would die. It is so overcrowded. It is so violent. And they give you no medical treatment whatsoever. They're broke. And I think that's why he decided not to come back because he felt the judge would hold him in jail until his trial. So now... um now he's he's in custody. We were in we were in court for him um, on Monday, and fortunately, he has probably the best public defender I've ever met. In a sense, I don't know how good of an attorney he is, but he had a genuine compassion, and he spoke with us. He answered all the questions we had. He stayed as long as he didn't just brush us off on any level. Um, he explained Bobby's situation, um, where he's at right now, and what what could and, and, and 
you know, he didn't want to paint a rosy picture of what would likely happen. But the truth is, is uh, right. Illinois doesn't have a lot of money, um, and they don't have a budget to go extraditing people for podunk pot cases. Um, but the problem is, is even if they let him out, he's he's locked up for two weeks now, and there's no way for right. him to get out. There's no bail to be had. There's not any appeal that can be filed. There's, I mean, he's at very least he's stuck there till the 22nd. Um, and at most, um, well, it could be anything at most, but they have 30 days before, um, you know, they they have to respond. And so um, exactly, but I did, I did pull up the case today online, and it good. says that the hearing on the 22nd is to is for verification that he's been picked up. So I'm just wondering if on the 22nd and he shows up in court and they haven't picked him up, if then they'll release him. I know about the 30-day rule, but that's what the, the, that's what the document was, says. Yeah, if they don't respond at all and they don't pick him up, then they're going to likely cut him loose. If they, But they could respond and say, yes, we're going to pick him up, and here's the date we're going to be there. That's the only thing that could right. really thwart but he said that, um, you know, we're not going to know until the 22nd. He explained the process that it's got to go down to this division and then over across to Chicago, and then um, then it's got to go down to their division and then up to the guy that makes the decision and then back down, back across. It's just this bureaucratic nightmare. And, you know, it's there's we're not even going to know if they respond until the 22nd, it looks like. Right. And we have had... Just in Indiana alone, in one county, 192 people die of heroin overdoses. But they are more focused on pot than they are heroin or crack yeah, or cocaine crazy. or fentanyl. And, I, I, and that, that is what I don't understand. Well, Tricia, um, you know, one thing that I always try to bring to this this show is, you know, you've had experience. I, I When I was sitting in court, and, you know, Bobby looked back at us, and he smiled at us because he knew we were there for him. Um, yeah. And I know that feeling. I was, I, I've been in yeah. his shoes more times than I wish I could remember. Um, but to be in custody and to look out, you know, they don't even want you to look back at the at the gallery, but to look back at the gallery and to see friendly faces that you know are there for you, um, it gives you hope. It gives you the um, ability to stay okay in a place that's not okay. And it, like, it recharges did. your it batteries. I know that that's what we did for him. And, and, and I just know that, you know, you understand the human solution and what we're about and how this is what we bring to it. And it's not something that, you know, we're not going to probably raise a million dollars for your legal defense um, and we're probably not going to, you know, um, you know, have the Blue Angels fly over your house. But right. we'll be good people to be there for you, and we'll throw you that lifeline, and we'll 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 have a true um, sense of hope and compassion that comes only from truly the human solution. I know it's a great organization, and 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 Bobby told the attorney about human solutions. He'd never heard of it. Uh, he told him about normal, never heard of it. Um, I, I think he was really anti-marijuana, uh, and, and, and it's still that way. Even though it's legal in Illinois, 
you have to jump through hoops to, to get a medical marijuana card. It's not like California. Um, they have a long way to go. They have a long way to go. And they don't understand the process of, of oil. Like uh, if, if Bobby were to live in Illinois, he can't make his own. He can't grow his own. He's got to go and buy it. And insurance doesn't pay for it. Where in California, you're allowed to cultivate so many plants for your own personal use. For, yeah, I, yeah. I now, anyways, just passed our legalization bill, and it's probably going to take a lot of that away. But at the end of the day, you're right. Um, you know, this is, it's ridiculous, and and even in the recreational states, they end up taking the rights away from the from the patients, and you know the then you know the whole they sell this whole bill of tax and regulate. We're going to make all this money for the for the government, and uh, where does that money come from? It comes from the people that need this medicine. And in Oregon, the medical um, you know bill or the medical status was virtually decimated. Uh, Colorado. The medical status was decimated in Washington State. The medical status was decimated because of the rec shops and all the taxes and all of that. You go into a shop and you're paying two to three times what the black market would be, and it just doesn't work. It's not, you know, so some people everything's great because they got a good paying job and they just, you know, want to pick up a little bit for their own personal use. But if you need this for your medicine and you need oil. Right. Oil takes a lot of cannabis to make. It just doesn't come easy exactly. and it doesn't come cheap. And uh, it's just right. not right when people don't have those rights. Well, Tricia, um, no. I know you don't have time, but um, I just know that uh, you're going to be pulling up the transcripts later this week of these hearings, and I would love to uh, be able to go through and scrutinize them and see what we can do. Um, hopefully, you know, uh, Chicago or Illinois is not going to extradite, but um, either way, he has to deal with this. He he has to go back right. there and, and reconcile this. So we're going to get him as equipped as we possibly can. Uh, the human solution is building a legal clinic that doesn't have a whole bunch of free lawyers to it yet, but what it does have is a bunch of people that care and they're willing to um, uh, step up and uh Bring together, we're creating a library of, of legal documents, a library of resources. Uh, we got the Cannabis Nurses Association that is joining forces with us and a number of other organizations that have um, pledged to help this project. And it's for people just like Bobby that don't have a bunch of money for a fancy attorney. Um, we can still equip you, and you're you're a, a great mom. I, 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 I love you from, from without even meeting you because you care. And I know how hard you've worked to get the right answers, do the research, and do that legwork um, that is required to be successful. So I've told people so many times, if you don't have what it takes to fight your own battle, you better have an advocate who's willing to do it because right. somebody right. needs to do it or it's going to get done. Well, I mean, I am so grateful you know, for what you guys did for him, bringing him back here so that he could have his – that ileostomy bag taken off. He actually wore a garbage bag around that to drive to California because you had to I turn remember. it so off. Do you remember, remember. that, how it would blow right off of him? I do, do. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, trust me, I, I mean, get some driving with him. He, and, and you know what? It's been four years since he had that surgery. And I know. nothing has come close to where he has needed medical attention. And that's he was on Social Security Disability. They cut him off.
because he hasn't been to a doctor. So, right, right. You know, but... No, I hear you. And, it's, and, um, and, when, when he was at my house, and, and we'll, we'll move forward after this, but when he was at my house originally, I think he weighed less than 100 pounds. Uh, he, he looked like a... yeah, was what... He was mm-hmm. really, I mean, nothing. And now, you know, uh, he, he looks... He, you wouldn't know by looking at him that there was anything wrong with him. No, he's 185 pounds now. And exactly. uh, Sparberg pointed that out too, his weight, what it was at the time, and what oh, it yeah. was now. But I will, I will get you that transcript. I'm working hard on it. I plan on picking it up Friday, if Cook Beautiful. County cooperates with me. Um, and then I'll try to get every other transcript that I can. So you, well, can thank you. you can do your part, and I'll do my part, and oh. maybe help him. You, lo- I, we're right there. All right. Well, thank you so much, and. Um, you know, we'll uh, we'll stay together till we get them out and get to the other side Thanks, of this. Thanks, Joe. All right. Love thank you, guys. Kisha. Love you back. Thanks. Okay. So um, up next, I'm going to uh, have a brief uh, shout-out for our topic today because we actually have a topic of the show that we haven't even gone anywhere near yet. Um, and the topic of the show was, Rescheduling cannabis versus descheduling cannabis. And I want to issue a challenge. If there's anybody out there who is pro rescheduling, what what I mean by that, if they believe that changing the schedule from one to two or three or four or even five is the answer to ending prohibition. If you believe that to be the case, I welcome you to call the show right now at 646-929-2495. I have long been very vocal about my position and, frankly, the position of the human solution, and not because it's mine, but because we all that formed this organization agreed that no one should go to jail for a plant, ever. Well, how can that happen if you have a plant that's still regulated and scheduled? Um, You can't. Because if it's Schedule 2 or Schedule 3 or Schedule 4, there's still lots of ways to break the law. Um, and it is a complicated matter. Uh, schedule 2 is probably, in some ways, almost as bad, if not worse, than Schedule 1. At least Schedule 1, everybody knows you're illegal and you don't tell anybody about it. Schedule 2, it's a triplicate uh, prescription. Uh, everything's filed with the DEA, and it's so regulated doctors will wouldn't want to prescribe it because they're already getting reamed for prescribing painkillers right now there there's been a huge swing in the pendulum um, because of all this opiate problems that's going on right now um, so if you have a position that says rescheduling is a possible solution to ending prohibition I welcome you to call the show and let's talk about it I'd love to hear your point of view um, now I've got Jason Endicott coming up next and if you want to speak next after Jason, all you got to do is press 1 on your phone, and that will put you up to the top of the list. And if I see you move up to the top of the list, I will know, even if you say, um, I just want to listen, um, that, that that's what's going on, that you want to talk and you want to talk up next. All right, so we've got Jason Endicott. And um, I remember Jason's case from uh, several years ago, and he was um, an active um participant with the human solution and i know becca nichols and uh mindy um were there for him in court and i remember seeing pictures of court support and uh 
he had a case, I believe, in Texas, and they were, uh, you know, trying to extradite him, and it was a, a, a big old mess, and I don't know all the details. So we got Jason going to tell us the story. Uh, I know we never have so many extradition stories as we have today, but uh, I believe we have a second one. Jason, uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing good, Joe. So um, I understand you've gotten some complications going on. Um, you know, we're here. Uh, the, the purpose of this show is to educate, inspire, um, give a voice to people that don't have one, um, and hopefully uh, be able to fill needs if there if if there's a need. Um, so why don't you let us know what's going on with your case? Give us a little history about it, and hopefully uh, there's a call to action, something that we can do. Yeah, um, my case started back in 2013 when I was pulled over in Texas. Um, my family was moving to Florida due to us losing our home in Oregon, um, not voluntarily by no means, but we got pulled over with Oregon license plates, and the cop immediately identified me as wanting to know if I had marijuana in the vehicle since I was from one of those legal states, as he put it. And I instantly told him no, you know, and on and on. He said he's going to bring a dog out. He brought a dog out, did a free air search. Um, his dog supposedly hit on the car. So at that point, I give up my medicine to protect my family from being more left left for dead on the side of the road or to him taking the car or whatever. So I took the hit and, and give up my medicine to the police there in Texas. And um, they booked and released me due to my medical condition. I'm a brutal diabetic with an insulin pump with several complications, stomach issues, bad joint disease, you know, the list goes on and on. But um, the police chief in that county booked and released me without any bond or anything like that. They probably treated me with more respect in Texas in that little bitty small town than they did back in my home state of Oregon when I got arrested here for the felony fugitive. I'll get to that. I, I, I got over there, went to, went to Florida. My wife's job that she was trying to get down there fell through, so we immediately came back to Oregon so I could have my medicine legally that I had done without for six months. And um, we were here for oh, probably four or five months before I got pulled over, and they found out that I had a felony fugitive warrant for not showing up to court in Texas. I was booked into the Clackamas County Jail, and I had to hire an attorney here in, in Portland, Leland Berger. I had to pay him $1,500 retainer. I had to pay the court, so to pay the jail a $1,000 bond to get out. Um, long short of it, they end up, Leland got the case dropped here in Oregon for the felony fugitive because I hired an attorney in Texas named Dustin Mims to represent me for my felony case in Texas. The felony case went for about, I don't know, probably a year or so. Dustin did a really great job in te in Texas to represent me. Um, he went to court on time, and I'm going to take responsibility that I got laxed and that, that Dustin was just handling it for me, and I didn't need to do anything else because I had paid all this money to this fancy attorney to take care of it for me. So I probably didn't make the phone calls that I should, and I probably didn't make the emails that I should, and I probably didn't stay up on it. Well, another year went by here in in Oregon, and I finally got another letter in the mail to an old address. Luckily, my father-in-law is living in that house now, and he actually gave me the mail, and it was a court docket for um, February the 14th in um, Clay County, Texas, and my name was on it for, for trial docket. But beside my name, there was no attorney. And I looked down the docket and seen all the other people listed that day, and the attorney that I had hired was listed under two other people's names as their representation, not mine. 
So I got on the phone and I made several phone calls to the attorney with no reply, several emails to the attorney, no reply. I even called the FBI to see if I had a warrant. I, I did not have a warrant at that time. I emailed the judge. I emailed the court clerk. And then here just this week here, Monday of this week, I got an email back from the court clerk saying that Dustin Nunes has withdrew himself from your case last October. Um, you should probably call me. So I called her direct as soon as I got the email, and she informed me that Dustin withdrew from the case in October and that I had another warrant for not appearing on the 14th. So I called and called and called and called my lawyer all week this week and haven't been able to get a hold of him or getting to call me back until today. I finally got a hold of his legal aid this morning to find out what the deal was on why he dropped me, why he withdrew himself from the case. And uh, it was over the bill. The bill wasn't paid. I had given him $4,000 cash initially, and uh, I just assumed that that was my retainer fee, that I was going to get some kind of detailed bill on how, how much he had spent and how much he had left and how much I needed to pay. Well, I never got any of that, and I never got any, any bills in the mail. I never got any reminder phone calls that my payment was late that month. So all I got was dropped and you know, pretty much put back in the same shoes that I started in. Now I have a warrant in Texas for my arrest. and So... Well, everywhere. State to, it's a state-to-state state felony warrant because my, my charge is a Class two felony in Texas for possession of cannabis oil. This morning, I um, was at my wit's end. Me, me and my family, we have to move here in three weeks because our lease is up in the house we've been living in in Oregon. So we decided to move back east closer to my family, but that's here nor there. I don't have any money or resources. I, I am disabled on a, on a limited income. I make $1,000 a month and try to squeeze out my family's provisions for that. And I have a little bit of money saved for our move, a couple thousand dollars, but not near enough to go pay the rest of the bill to Dustin Nims to get him to represent me again. So this morning I got up and I was looking out the window trying to figure out how to make money, how to make money. I called my best friend on the coast, and he said he had $1,000 he could loan me. That was about a third of what I needed. So I look out in the driveway, and I see my old pickup truck sitting out there, I take a couple pictures of it and throw it on the Craigslist and ask for $3,000 for my old pickup truck. And I get a call in like 20 minutes. Hey, I'm on my way. Can I come look at it? And I was like, you know, throw my hands in the air, you know, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, something's going to go good today for me. And um, guy shows up to buy my pickup truck and long short of it, as, as he was fixing to test drive it, he couldn't get the parking brake to release on it. I was in the house getting the title Anyway, he got out of the truck and released the parking brake while he was in the truck. The truck took off without him in it, almost ran over top of him, and smashes into the trees in my front yard, totals my pickup truck out. I come outside of the yard, and I'm just flabbergasted that, you know, that the bad luck hadn't left me. It's still right there and very present in my life. And um, me and the guy both in shock. We, we walk around in circles for about 15 minutes, and um, this guy's, starts talking religion to me and, you know, how he thinks that um, his religion and his faith probably is saving from being run over by this vehicle and that somebody's always watching out for him, no matter how bad or how dark that it gets. And it kind of turned a light on in my eyes that there is somebody, even if it's yourself or, or your mom, as in Bobby's case, or if it's the human solution, there's always somebody in the background there that's looking out for you and you don't realize it. Anyway, this, this guy ends up paying me cash for my truck, even though it's total sitting in the driveway. So, I've got money now to, to pay the, the rest of my bill Wait, for my attorney. This guy, this guy is paying your car out, 
even though he totaled it? He totaled it in the driveway and still gave me $100 bills to pay for it. Holy cow. Wow. You know what? You know what, Jason? Let's just look at that for a second. I, 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 I've watched. I'm a student of life, um, and I've had my ass beat so many times by this school. But I've noticed that um, oftentimes there's momentum. There's, you know, you get into a streak. It goes anything from sports to, you know, your family to anything. You get into a streak, a good streak or a bad streak. And when I get in a slump and things start getting lousy, I look for anything to, to just say, hey, well, there's a turn. Here's where it turned. And I think you just nailed it. I think you just got your turning point. I couldn't even think of a way that, that would reflect that better than what you just said. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a student of life myself, Joe, and I, I've been beat up right beside you the whole way, man. But, yeah, that was, a, that was a really turning point for me this afternoon that, you know, there is a glimmer of hope out there. You know, I'm, I'm going to – even if it, I, I fall back onto some bad luck next week, this, today was a good day for me. And, you know, a lot of people are out there probably almost guaranteed they're in worse shape than I am right now, you know, that are in jail. You know, Craig Cecil and, and Bobby, they're sitting in the blue room right now with the orange jumpsuit on. You know, I'm actually still sitting here at home with my family. I just had pizza tonight, you know. So there's there's lots of good things to look out there, but sometimes they're just so small we overlook at them because the, the big bad ones right there behind it casting the shadow over top of it, of everything. But Well, you yeah, know, it's it, a, there's it's a thing that somebody told me the other day, and they said, you know, the – it, it, it's not the problem, but it's the way you see it. And, you know, no matter where you are in life, no matter who you are in life, there's always going to be somebody that's got a little better, and there's always going to be somebody that's got a little worse. And and it, it's really not about either one of them. It's it's about how you see your own existence. And, you know, uh, even if you spent one day in a holding cell, you know what it's like to not have your freedom. And you know what that feeling is of of, of such a different world than being out here and you know when people ask me how you doing I just look at them and laugh I'm like I'm above ground reason and out of custody how do you think I'm doing yeah, amen, <laughs> amen. oh geez so I, uh, yeah, I, I, I a lot of the world does, does judge a lot of the people in this world that, that I see on a day-to-day basis they do judge themselves on by what, how much the neighbors got or how much less that they got than the neighbor or how much more that they have than the neighbor we always need to step back and just make sure that our neighbor has enough. There you go. If our neighbor is doing, if our neighbor is doing without and we're not, we probably should give a hand out or a hand up or at, at least reach out and, and make sure our fellow brothers are, are okay in life. Because sometimes that's all you it know, takes is somebody to reach out. There, there's a way of looking at it that, that is called paying it forward. Uh, you can pay it forward. You can pay it back. It really doesn't matter. Um being there for each other, you know, that's the whole human solution thing. Whether you're uh, a card-carrying member or you're just uh, somebody who believes the the spirit of what we do, doesn't matter. We don't care. Um, you're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. That's just physics. That's just the way life is. Um, and, and it's one of those things that I, I wish people could understand this. In any situation, when you walk into it, you can – be somebody that helps to make it better um, or do nothing, which typically helps to make it worse or actually make it worse. Well, listen, um, I know this morning um, I had posted something about the radio show and you popped on and I knew you were going to be coming on. Um, and I, I talked to Bobby Rodrigo uh, a little bit later on in the afternoon. Bobby Rodrigo is uh, 
one of the board members of the coffee party and one of our um, partners in, in this, you know, uh, civil battle, uh, civil rights battle, and he told me that he had a, a conversation with you, and I and I sort of reviewed it real briefly, but it looked like he gave you some really sound advice. Um, Bobby is really um, a guy that knows the legal system. Um, he's involved in a number of um, legal clinics, legal organizations. He works with a lot of attorneys, um, civil rights situations, um, and, and he's, he's the real deal. He's a genuine guy, and uh, you couldn't have a better advocate to give you advice. I've never seen his advice be poor. So um, if you took a minute and really go over those things that he had given you as advice, I, I looked them over briefly, and they all looked very sound to me. Um, and if you want to, uh, you know, maybe uh, uh, get on a conference call with you and me and and, and maybe a couple of other people that might be helpful and in, in interpreting or, or facilitating some of this, I'll bet you we could do that. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be very interested in that. I mean, I, I guess the main thing that I wanted to achieve here by calling in tonight is, is one of the things that you said earlier, we've got to beat the drum. You know, we can't be lax. We can't say, oh, it's, it's recreational here. It's coming everywhere. Just relax and wait on it. We can't wait on it. We can't just expect somebody else to pick up the ball for us. We've got to be, we've got to state our, we've got to say what we mean and, and mean what we say and keep being loud and keep calling your attorneys and, and, and keep calling your congressmen and, and keep, keep trying to get the laws passed because you're right. Until they deschedule this plant, nobody's safe. It's so true, and and you know the words that you said. It's funny when I when I got picked up for the first time, and I and I realized I was facing you know multiple felonies. Um, yeah, as a first time offender, I, I didn't even believe I'd done anything wrong for God's sake, and they were looking to, to you know give me seven years on my first case. And I asked my attorney, I'm like, well, what what should I do? And he gave me a list of things to do. Well, I took those things to heart. I did them and everything else I could think of. And I did it for six fucking years. And, and and I went, not only did it, but I got everybody I could find to help me. And I told them to find everybody they could to help them. And that's ultimately how the human solution was born. And it doesn't matter whether you, you know, uh, engage us uh, formally or you just get it, what needs to be done. The drum needs to be beaten. You need to be, you know, actively uh, on top of anything that you can possibly do. You need to continually be trying to rally support, looking for other possibilities. Just by being active, the doors open up. Somebody that you'll come upon will say, hey, I know somebody who might be able to help you. That will never happen if you've got your head under the sand. It will never happen if your head's under the covers and you don't want to deal with it. And time goes by and time's not your friend in this scenario. And so I'm, I'm, you, you can't. Under, maybe you can't understand, but I want you to understand how uh, strongly I feel that grateful that you get it. And I'm sorry it's taken so long, but I'm glad that you get it now. And just know that anybody who gets it and is willing to beat the drum, you have my support and you have our organization's support, and we'll do whatever we can to help you. So just know that. Yeah, that that alone in itself is is probably been my only my only backbone that I've had for a while. This because I did feel like it was you know the last I talked to my lawyer in 2015, he even told me 
it's okay. No news is good news. Just relax. I'll let you know if something goes bad. That's what my attorney told me. And that's what that's I did. I took him, he I doesn't took go to jail if you get Exactly. Exactly. It's not his ass that gets a warrant. It's my ass that gets a warrant. So, yeah, now, you know, my eyes have been opened up in the last last few days here tremendously to what's going on. And I, I do want my attorney to, to pick up my case and to, and to represent me, but I want to be more of a part of my case. And I'm going to, I'm going to burn that phone up on his desk and his, his legal aides are going to know my, know my middle name before this month's over because I'm not going to stop calling them and I'm not going to stop doing what I have to do. And not just for me, but for everybody that everybody that's, that's going to, that's going to need this medicine or does need this medicine now and can't have this medicine. People that are scared to try to go use this medicine. You know, I mean, I, this, it's, this, it's bigger than me and you, but everybody needs to pull their weight in this to make this thing change. We've got a, we've got a million new laws on the table right now. We've got a million new laws proposed on the table in Congress and in the federal with the state and with the pharmaceutical companies, GW pharmaceuticals is trying to get them to reschedule the plan. The, you know, the federal government is trying to deschedule the plan. Everybody's fighting and pulling on this thing, trying to get the, this money out of it. When, I mean, nobody's erased one law yet. Every law that was there in 1972 is still there today. That's it. And that's the only thing don't different is, is they're, they're given the medical right. They're given the recreational right, but the federal laws are still the same. Hasn't changed so, I mean, you know, there's, there's, just, yeah, there's no protection. Don't be falsely protected by an attorney or by anything, by some pot shop on the corner. Just because you can go down there and buy your quarter ounce of weed a day, don't feel like that's just the protection and that everybody's got that access because they don't. Keep standing up for what you believe in. Keep doing what you know is right. Help your fellow man. Be loud about it. Well, Jason, I, I, I hope you become a regular of the show. Um, I, I'll always give you some time to talk about what's going on. I know we have some members in Texas. I know um, we have a, a, a Texas chapter that's really just a click away from being being launched. Um, but I know we do have members and people that would likely – um, be able to mobilize and come out if it turned out that you had a hearing out there and you had to have uh, a, a personal appearance. So, um, you know, if it, and if it came to a trial um, and, and you know, we really needed to, to muster up, um, you know, everything that we could, we'll put our, our whole weight behind it and do whatever we can uh, to pack that courtroom like we've done so many other times. Yeah, I, I packed the courtroom here in um, Clackamas County when I had the, the felony fugitive, and it, you wouldn't believe the impression that it made on that judge. I mean, almost I would. tears in my eyes from the things she said. Oh yes, I would. <laughs> yeah, I've been it, down it's that a powerful road. thing. When, yeah, it's powerful yep. when ten, ten or more people get together for the same common cause. You know, I do have a, a date coming up in Texas on April 18th. I'm hoping that I don't have to show up for that one, that my, my attorney can be present for me, but I'm sure I'm going to be there for at least for sentencing within the next few months. So, yeah, I'm going to be showing my ugly face in Texas one more time at least. Well, know this. If it ever comes down to it and you get um, uh, community service as part of a sentence, not that I would want that to happen, but if it did happen, I have we have satisfied the Human Solution International has satisfied over 140 community service hours in Texas already in a similar type case. Awesome. In fact, a much worse case than yours. So just know that if that ever happened, um, we'll make you we'll make you put your time in, but it'll be 
helping us in prohibition. So it's good. It's a good uh, good way to put it in. Better than picking up trash on the side of the freeway. That's time well spent in my book. Exactly. All right, Jason. Well, I thank you very much for coming aboard. Um, I'm hoping that you uh, find the time um, on a weekly basis. Give us a little update, even if it's just for a couple of minutes. Uh, you you have the message. You have the spirit of what we're about. You are now a part of the solution, and I welcome you to the family. I appreciate everything you guys do, Joe. And um, yeah, I'll make it a part of my life to listen listen in more often. I'm going I'm going to become that one that one powerful advocate that I was when this first happened. I lost grip for a minute, but I'm back. Bet on that. Right on. It's uh, it's never too late. All right, my friend. Good talking to you, and uh, uh, we'll we'll. Stay tuned to see what happens next. All right, again, Jason Endicott from Oregon. Um, yet another uh, story about uh, not only about prohibition, but about being an active defendant, about the difference between uh, your outlook, your attitude, um, feeling victimized or feeling empowered. All that uh, comes from you. And, you know, we make choices. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes just bad things happen to good people, but at the end of the day, we control our outlook, and we ultimately will guide uh, what happens uh, one way or another. So um, just know that Jason embodies um, the kind of case that we stand behind and uh, the attitude that we're looking for. All right, up next, and looks like Tom Corby hit the number one button. So again, if you're on the line right now and you want to be brought up into the conversation, press one. And it'll bump you up the ladder, and I will know that you have something to say, and we'll move it forward. Um, once again, this show is brought to you by the Coffee Party Radio Network and the Coffee Party, and we're grateful for having a place to be. If you want to call in, all you got to do is pick up your phone and call, call 646-929-2495. All right, up next we have the one, the only, the amazing Tom Corby. And he has a NorCal update. There's a lot of stuff going on in NorCal update. I was actually kind of hoping that some of the defendants would be calling in, but it doesn't look like they made it. So I think Tom's going to give us the update of all the stuff, the craziness that's going on north of the Sacramento line. Tom Corby, welcome to the show. You are live on the air. Uh, thanks, Joe, Mary, and the Coffee Party Radio Show. Uh, when we talk about descheduling, I first comes to mind is no schedule. We know that the controlled snack 96 is illegal in the first place. Let's hope Trump keeps his promise. When he was campaigning, he said he stands behind state rights. And all 50 states should be decriminalized. That's a huge word. Tom, put the phone a little closer to your mouth. You're you're, you're coming oh, oh. in clearer than sometimes, but just I really want to hear what you have to say. So put that phone about six I'll, inches from your mouth so we can hear you nice and clear. All right. I'm used to going up to my ear and holding it. Thanks for reminding Much me. Better. Joe. I appreciate it. No, right. that's great. So, it doesn't hurt to reiterate when we talk about descheduling. No schedule. We know it was illegal, the Controlled Substance Act, in the first place. When we talk about Trump, will he keep his promise? When he was campaigning, 
to protect state rights and that all 50 states should be decriminalized. When we talk about decriminalization, then there should be no one going to jail for a plant. Uh, <laughs> you're right up here in Northern California. Uh, the mindset always, as Joe said, we take them on to trial. The Benos case, uh, what I have, uh, actually from Donna, an update to Marcia Jones from, from James, the sheriff, uh, holding back evidence, withholding evidence. And uh, is Judge Baker involved? Why, why uh, Mike Harris brought out earlier, I was on with Mike, uh, why would Judge Baker recuse himself if he wasn't involved? So uh, it's going to go on the same trial. It was not a mistrial. Uh, it's going to go on with Judge Flynn. Uh, I know Judge Flynn. And let's just think and uh, mindset that Judge Flynn will see the light in this case and dismiss it. Uh, totally brought out on uh, Channel 7 News last night, thank Joseph. Uh, in his 19 years, he has never seen anything like this in Shasta County. And uh, James is going back for trial and motions to be heard uh, coming up on the calendar. Uh, we'll get that to the calendar. And James also always posts a creative event. Uh, okay, so... Uh, uh, Nick Moran. When we talk about Nick Moran, he also has Joseph Tully. I wish he would have hired him in the first place. And Nick had a, uh, a TAC uh, on March 2nd. Uh, he didn't request court support. I started getting away from the phone. I'm used to it. I'm back, though. And, uh, and what's happening, uh, again, uh Tully, of course, can't be there because he's up in trial with Benos. And also, uh, he's going right from there for Aaron O'Neill uh, up in El Dorado County. His trial's coming right up. Good luck to Aaron. Uh, Nick was here the other day, and when we come for defendants, some also come harder for us. Nick, is, Nick and his mom came all the way down from Mission. Michigan to support her son. Uh, Nick's helped me so much here uh, on uh, Happy Hill Farms, and I want to thank Nick. Uh, Nick's going back for uh, a trial assignment conference on the 16th of March at 8.30 a.m. Uh, it's more than likely just going to be a continuance. Uh, actually, Tully said it could go in for three or four months continuance. Uh, also, uh, Eddie Lapp, uh, I'm on personal with Eddie, and he thanks the Human Solutions so much, and he's going to talk on the radio show. <clears throat> he, can, he couldn't be there for the OMAC meeting until June due to his probation restriction. So in June, uh, Eddie Lapp and Heidi Grossman are going to throw a event and all be invited. I believe they're going to get married uh, right there in Sacramento. Uh, so 
thank Eddie Love for coming for so many on the 99 Pratt rule, which, by the way, uh, they're using in the courtroom to help win cases. Uh, as far as I can see also uh, up here is Alex Lyons. Of course, his case is, is unique in that he is the only defendant in the five years since we got busted. This waived his rights to waive time and took him out on the trial. And he's going on to uh, a trial uh, readiness conference at 1.38 p.m. on the 23rd of March. Requested at least local support. It's appreciated. Uh, brought up Shelby Lucero last for a reason. She finally won her case, if you will, almost five years. Judge finally agreed just to reduce it to an infraction, uh, kind of like a jaywalking ticket, $100 fine, uh, kind of like with Robert Alex Lyons. That's all he'll accept, by the way. Uh, furthermore, Shelby uh, uh, reports she looks like she's got a good chance on injunction lawsuits to get her uh, property and medicine back. So bless Shelby. She's so thankful for court support. So important. Come for our defendants. I want to thank everybody on the front lines uh, coming together to be the solution to finding in prohibition. Free all our POWs. No one should go to jail for a plant. And Donna will tell you always, don't forget to breathe. Thank you, Joe. Oh, you bet. Uh, Tom, I think this is one of your best deliveries. We we came in well under the time. I've got a little bit of time for uh, Dolores Halbin to come and give us uh, an update on the, what's going on in Kansas on top of uh, what was going on with uh, Stacy's update. And uh, uh, you nailed it. Good job, Tom. Um, always a pleasure. And also, I want everybody to realize that, uh, you know, Shelby Lucero's case, uh, back in 2013, when members of the Human Solution and other organizations um, and other advocates had gotten together, and we all hopped on this big green bus, the Cannabis, um, and we drove up to Montana for Chris Williams' uh, sentencing hearing. Um, as we were passing on our way back down, we were planting the seeds of many chapters uh, to be, and we actually had uh, chartered uh, the the Sacramento and NorCal Human Solution chapters. And um, when we passed through Sacramento, we did a march, and we had that bus packed full, and we uh, uh, drove up, parked near the federal building, got everybody together with all their signs and their chants, and we marched our way from the federal building to the state building, which was a few blocks. And uh, once we got to the state building, um, that's where... Shelby Lucero's hearing was, and uh, I remember going up there, got all the way up to the courtroom just to find out it had been continued. Well, this was February 2013. It's now March 2017, and they finally resolved the case. And, uh, you know, I talked to Shelby many, many times during the course of all this, and, uh, you know, she um, has always been grateful for the support, and... uh, it's just one of those things, you know, when you get pick up a case and you decide you want to fight it, even if you go to the very last second, 
and you take um, a deal like this where you get an infraction, it's it's a total win because an infraction is a parking ticket. What are you guilty of? Parking wrong? You know, so what? It's not a felony. It's not even a misdemeanor. It's nothing. It's not on your record. You don't have a record of an infraction. Um, so it's a complete victory. And the fact is the courts are realizing less and less or more, they're realizing more and more that less and less are they going to get that felony to stick to you. And even that misdemeanor, you know, they're grasping for it now. And if they don't get it easy, they don't so much want to go to battle. Now, that doesn't mean they won't. You got James Benno in his third week of a trial. I went through almost four weeks of trial in my case and over six years of battling it. So I don't think I've ever seen anybody's case go longer than mine except for some federal cases. But at the end of the day, that doesn't make my case any different. It's all the same. <clears throat> the point is, for those of us that have decided to stand um, and stand tall, as Jason mentioned, um, it's not about us. It's not about our case. And, um, you know, it's about making the world better. It's about making the change. It's about being the solution. Um, we've got Dolores um, Halden, who has become a little darling of the show. Um, and uh, she's got... She's got what it takes to be part of the the solution. She gets it. She's part of it. She lost a husband to it. Um, she's had, um, you know, we talk about PTSD. We talk about uh, the losses. We we talk about what's at stake. So many people have lost so much and have gone through so much. Uh, Dolores is one of those. And we, it's, like I said before, to Jason and to everybody else, it's not so much about what happens to you. It's about what you decide to do with it. Um, we can decide to be bitter. We can decide to ignore it. We can decide to uh, be afraid and, and, and not want to look at it. Or we can decide to use it. We can decide to own it. We can decide to take it and, and you know, grease our spear with it. That's what we can do. And Dolores has decided to do that. She stands tall. She stands with us. And uh, there's a lot going on. In Kansas right now, some big, uh, big recent developments, and I'm glad you were. Whoops, sorry, I got non-compliant Mary for a second there. We got Dolores once again to the show. Welcome back, Dolores. Oh no, Dolores, can you hear me? Oh, come on now. I can hear you. Ah, oh, there oh, no, you are. No. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. You're good. Welcome back to the show. Oh, I wasn't going to go anywhere until you popped in. <laughs> people say that all the time. You're good. I'm like, why, thank you. Getting <laughs> <laughs> better all the time. True opinion, but thank you. Oh, that was yeah. lovely. Thank you. And uh, well said. Very, very well said. You know, someone said to me today, we just have to get up every day and do what we can to tip the needle. And I really liked that. I always call it like hitting an iceberg. And if you just keep pounding and pounding and pounding, you'll crack it, you know. But considering we're losing our icebergs, that's not a very good analogy. But I like that tipping the needle. It was always the Berlin Wall. We knocked that one down, so we can knock yeah, down any wall. Yeah, we knocked that one down. We can knock down any wall. It just takes it takes persistent pounding and Right now, it is nothing short of a miracle. And I say that in sincerity. Um, the women of, of Bleeding Kansas are a very praying 
spiritual bunch of women, and um, they are on a mission from God. And what they've been doing for months is getting up in the morning and dropping their kids off at school and taking their special their epilepsy children to the Capitol and walking the halls for five hours and then getting back in their car and driving the hour back to Kansas City and picking their kids back up from school day after day after day. And I'm really irritated with, like, pardon the expression, but pot smokers in Kansas that won't pick up phone, you know, Uh to do this on the back of the little kids is really wrong, you know. I mean, everybody needs to be involved in this. But I flagged you, this is just like, this is, this has been going so fast all day. I've been on with uh, Chris and uh, and Lisa Sublet, and you know we've just been trying, we've just been trying. We found out this morning that Haley's bill is being read in committee tomorrow morning at ten thirty. So we had like less than twenty four hours. So um, Bleeding Kansas finally got up on their website. Everybody on the committee and their phone numbers, and it. I mean, it starts at 10.30 in the morning. So we have between now and 10.30 Central, well, say 10 o'clock Central tomorrow morning to leave these people messages. And um, I tagged you in that post, Joe, so I'm hoping that you can put it on the Human Solution page um, so that, you know, you don't have to be from Kansas to call these guys and say, you know, please support the Compassionate Care Act, do the right thing. But honestly, Kansas has been sitting there watching Colorado rake in all of this money, and they're a border state. So uh, there's just this incredible well, Here's what chance. I have to say. I am going to post this on not only the Human Solution page, but my personal page. And Everywhere, I'm going to and then ask people to share it. Another challenge, and my, my challenge is twofold. Either take the time to make that call or at least share it so that somebody else might, or both, and or bo- talk both, about it. Please, both. Just know that but, you yeah. did it. You know, I, I love to hear yeah. when people call and tell me or send me messages about the experience they had when they finally picked up the goddamn phone and they finally picked up their pen and they wrote that letter. And they, yeah. I, I hear so many times from people that they go, oh, my God, it was amazing. I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. why do you talk about this? It's a conversion. It's not just it's good for you on top of it. It feels great. When I spoke, I spoke at the Kansas, uh, or at the Missouri Medical Marijuana Convention, normal sponsors annually in Kansas City this weekend. And, I mean, my story's a hard one to tell. But, you know, I tell it to people, and I, I don't mean to put them into tears, but the reason I tell it is, you know, I said, I'm here to make you no longer an advocate. You wouldn't have come today if you weren't already a bit of an advocate. I'm here to make you an activist. I'm here to make you do something. Don't just think about it. Do pick up the phone, pick up a pen, send an email, and it is very empowering, Joe. And then when it's all said and done and it's legal and we've, we have beat prohibition, then you get to sit back and say, yeah, historically I had a little part in that. You know, I had a little part in that. And all the civil rights people that marched, and when we've made yeah. strides, and and when the rights have been given, given back, I should say, uh-huh. think of the sense of pride that people have that were part of it. You know, I mean, it's, it's absolutely. It's, uh, 
a historical act. You're part of history. And you're either part mm-hmm. of history that made the change or you're part of the history that sat by and didn't. And that's all there is. Well, and you and you and you took advantage of the benefits of those changes on the backs of mothers yeah. of special needs children and I find that unacceptable. If you're an able bodied human being and you're not a mom of a special needs kid and you don't have five other kids and illnesses yourself and you're not out there doing something, shame on this is the shame call, you know. <laughs> shame on everybody, you know. I don't get away with the shame call, but you can. <laughs> they uh, I can do that, man. These these women of all what kills me is that they're all so sick themselves. They have bleeding ulcers and autoimmune diseases and bad backs and uh all kinds Delores, of their own I've health times that of of when when we show up to court, it's this ragtag band of beat up, tore uh, up, wheelchair, hobbling, barely walking, pain riddled yeah. people <laughs> that are just freaking superheroes. And I always wonder yeah. where are all the able bodied, you know, uh, folks so that can do this without an effort. Where the hell are they? <laughs> Yeah, they're sitting at home watching TV, smoking a reefer on our backs. You know, I'm kind of oh, tired of that. It's like jump I, I in here, <laughs> jump in. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really really I'm I mean I would have lost this. I'll tell you what, if somebody's a betting person, they should run up to Las Vegas and uh, bet against Kansas being the 50th state to legalize marijuana with 20 to one odds. Hey, what are the odds on Kansas right money. now? There's going to be a lot Kansas of money. It's going to be the next state. state. <laughs> I sure hope so. I, you know, I really as believe every, that. As every state moves forward, some of them are just to me another state. You know, I mean, you know, when when right. Oregon came through after Washington, I'm like, good for yeah. them. We're all West Coast liberals. Yeah. You know, right. but, but when when <laughs> you know Kansas digs in, uh, you know, when some of the Midwest states come in and even past the you know the lame. CBD bills, at least it's something, and and it, it's the most, uh, you know, it's the David and Goliath show. It's the it's yes. the uh, the good old boys club starting to wobble, and and you know we we talk about this all the time. These you know these old these old uh, you know entrenched congressmen and senators mm-hmm. uh, just doing the same thing they always do. But you know what? The time is coming, and we're tipping them over. We are tipping them, and uh, Kansas is going to be a domino. And, you know, I've, I've been on here for a year now, but screaming we got to change it on a federal level, and I'm like, okay, never mind. <laughs> what we all well, we have to do is memorize the level. Amendment. We also have to do everything we possibly can all day long. And that's the thing yeah. that, you know, Jason has had that epiphany recently. Uh, and more and more people are, 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 are waking up to it, that this isn't a one-battlefront uh-uh. conflict. This is, no. you know, this is World War Three, and you yeah. have to hit them with everything you can all day long, and uh-huh. you can't stop until we get it, or no. they're just going to roll right over us. No, we have to keep the pressure. We have momentum right now, and we, we can't let it slide. But um, what I found really interesting about Kansas, and I... I I haven't read a lot of other bills from other states. I've read a lot of them, but not all of them. But Kansas is the first bill I've read that started out uh, Haley's Bill 151, and we should put a link to that bill on on there too. But it started 
government when the federal government is how the states have a right to go against the federal government when the federal government is not acting in the best interest of the people. And I was absolutely thrilled to see that was at the top of the page. And if you have not read the Tenth Amendment, now is the time because more and more states are going to have to act on their own because we have no federal government right now. I mean, we just have to assume from what we see out of Washington, D.C., that at this point in time, there is no federal government. So now the states really are on their own, and it is the Tenth Amendment and James Madison that predicted this. It's a very interesting story. Everybody ought to read it right now, because he predicted this situation. He said there's going to come a time when this is going to get so out of control that the states are going to have to take control, and we don't want another civil war. So he wrote the Tenth Amendment. That's uh, that's what Kansas is using. Kansas is a very anti-federal state. So I think that was Haley's hook, is what I'm calling it, to start out his bill with, uh, you know, this is why we can do this, because the federal government isn't, uh, was the way to get Kansas. And I really think he's going to got it. it. It's gone through with record speed. And uh, I think the way he's got it over the other one that, you know, the world's been working on, this is really short. <laughs> if anybody saw the health care plan, evidently that matters. <laughs> because here's yeah. 22 pages in our state, you know, well, this is less. And right now, these people must think less is good. I don't know. I just think God is on our side on this. And I think before the session ends that they will vote in fast the Compassionate Care Act in Kansas, but we really need those phone calls. We really need those, like, between now and tonight, tomorrow morning. You know, it could bother everybody, but it's just a phone call. You'll end up getting well, an answer. Well, you know, and, you... I, and I want to reiterate um, what, the the point that you made earlier on in the show, and I and I, Lisa has been a friend of the show, and she's called in many times, but we know that she's out there pounding the street. She's literally, um, literally. getting up every single day and she's dropping her kid off at school and then she's driving over to the to the Capitol building and she's walking the halls, she's pounding the doors and she's and she's making herself be seen and it's her and a handful of people. And imagine yeah. if she had a hundred people with her. This would be over yeah. by now. Oh it would if, be. If, and if, if there was twenty people with it. her it'd be over. Yeah. There has been a group of these women. That Isn't there 20 people in Kansas who can join Lisa uh, and Chris? Isn't there they, 20 people? I'm just it, saying. It, you know, it doesn't somebody, seem so far-fetched. This is so important. This is so important. If you're listening to this show and you are really passionate about this and you should be in Kansas at 1030 tomorrow morning, you should be. If you're in Colorado and you're like, you want to see Kansas, Get saved. Just jump in your car. Um, across Kansas, Missouri, Oklahoma is listening to this and really wants to do something, really wants to feel like, wow, I was there for a very historical moment in the ending of Prohibition. The domino Kansas went down, and I, I, I was there to see it, you know. If I had the green bus and didn't have all these animals, I'd be on the road tonight. Well, Dolores, we have about 50 seconds left in the show, and I just want to thank you for this. My question is, to anybody who's in Kansas or near Kansas and considers maybe possibly doing this, 
Call me up and tell me what it would take to get you to go. Uh, if I could yeah. get one more person to join Lisa and Chris, I would do it. So call me up, 951-436-6312, and tell me what it would take you to go to the Capitol uh, building in Kansas um, the rest of the week. Um, and, you know, Dolores, I really appreciate you being here. Um, that's all we have time for today, folks. Um, what a Thank you, Joe. Always a pleasure. Joe, always a pleasure. Um, we're going to do this again next week, uh, and we'll see what the show brings. Um, thank everybody for being part of it. Thank the Coffee Party Radio Network, and we'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. You were always on my mind. You were always on my mind. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.